Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I am glad you are here. Happy Thursday, March 11th, one week out from the 2021 NCAA Division I National Championships and literally one day away from the Division II National Tournament, the Division III National Tournament, and the NAIA Women's National Championships as well. Another busy weekend coming up, full of wrestling, kind of an appetizer for next week's main course down in St. Louis. On today's show, we're going to break down the brackets for the Division I National Tournament, weight by weight. The NCAA released them yesterday, and there will be 24 total wrestlers from Iowa's Division I programs competing at the Enterprise Center next week. That's all 10 for the Hawkeyes after Max Murin got an at-large at 149 pounds. Then you've got 8 from Iowa State and 6 from Northern Iowa. There's also going to be 6 more Iowa natives that are competing for other schools that are going to be down in St. Louis next week. We're going to touch on all of them as we go through each weight on today's show. After that, I have a conversation lined up with Wartburg coach Eric Keller. Uh, Wartburg and I believe 33 other schools are headed to Coralville this weekend for the NWCA Division Three National Championships at Extreme Arena. This came after the NCAA decided to cancel all Division Three Winter Sports Championships because of a lack of participation. So I talked to Keller about that decision, what it's been like navigating these last 12 months, how his team tank came together during that time, and kind of what he's expecting out of them this weekend. Pretty fun show today, the first of many that you're going to get in the lead up to next week's big show in St. Louis. So buckle up, you guys, because we're only getting started. So let's cue up that intro music. We'll go through the NCAA brackets on the other side. Thanks a bunch for tuning in today, and I hope you guys enjoy. Hey guys, so normally I script these things out and read off my phone so it sounds a lot cleaner and I don't say uh or um or like a hundred times, but for this, see just like right there. For this particular segment, though, I literally have nothing written. I have the brackets pulled up on my phone. I'm going to go literally off the dome to give you guys my unfiltered thoughts for each weight. I'll make sure to point out where every Iowa, Iowa State, Northern Iowa, and Iowa native is in each bracket, if they are in a bracket, their potential paths to the finals, and other things that catch my eye in each bracket. If you'd like to follow along, head to the show notes and click on the bracket link. I put it down there just for you guys, so hopefully you'll be able to kind of piece together my unfiltered thoughts for uh, each guy and each weight. Um, so that sound good. Um, how about we just get this thing cracking? Let's uh, cue up that background music, and we'll start with 125 pounds. Spencer Lee from Iowa, obviously the one seed, 7-0 and this season. Brody Teske from Northern Iowa, he's the five seed. And then Kyson Tarakina from Iowa State, he picked up one of the at-larges at this weight. He's actually the 33 overall seed, so he's going to be in the pigtail against Patrick McCormick from Virginia. The winner is going to get Spencer in the first round. Um, so now everybody, Iowa, Iowa State, you and I, guy in this particular bracket they're all at the top um 
Spencer being the one seed, you'd presume that he has probably the easiest path um, to get through. Uh, I really like kind of where he's at in the bracket. Um, things really, really get interesting for him. I say interesting. I mean, we're talking about Spencer Lee here, so take it however it's worth. The uh, Friday morning in the quarterfinals, so you could see potentially Purdue's Devin Schroeder, who's the nine seed, or Michigan State's Rayvon Foley, who's the eight seed. Those guys could hit in the second round. Um, if Spencer gets to the quarters, presumably he gets the winner there. Um, obviously, he pinned Foley at the Big Ten tournament, and he beat Schroeder in the finals by technical fall. Should he get to the semifinals? This is where things get kind of fun, right? Uh, Brody Teske is the five seed, so you would think that he would be able to get through to the quarters um, without much fuss. He could see either Oklahoma State's Trevor Master Giovanni or Northwestern's Michael D'Agostino in the second round, um, so that could be interesting. But if he gets to the quarters, probably going to see Drew Hildebrandt from Central Michigan, who's the four seed, Mac champ, undefeated. I think that'd be a really good test for Brody. Obviously, the winner secures a spot in the top six, right? So uber important match there. So we could see Spencer Lee, Brody Teske in the semifinals at 125. That'd be pretty fun for the state of Iowa. Um, Be really, really cool for Brody Teske. I know after everything that he's been through, just transferring from Penn State back to Northern Iowa, he's got a heck of a season. Um, Be pretty freaking fantastic to see him. Um, Not only All-American, but really, I mean, into the top six. You get a crack at Spencer Lee on Friday night. Uh, Pretty dang cool. Other side of this bracket. Virginia Tech, Sam Latona, 10-0. He's the two seed. Um, and then you got Arizona State's Brandon Courtney, who's the three seed. Nothing huge sticks out, I think. Um, you know, the second round, there's some pretty juicy matchups down there. Could see Michigan's Dylan Ragason against uh, NC State's Jacob Camacho. That's the – Ragason's the 11, Camacho's the six. That could be pretty fun. Um, Robert Hauer, Malik Heinzelman, uh, Penn State, Ohio State right there in the first round. Winner probably gets Taylor Lamont from Utah Valley in the second round. That could be kind of fun. Uh, Mizzou's Noah Certain. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I haven't really watched a ton of Mizzou this season. Um, but hey, he's got Patrick McKee in the first round. McKee fell to the 16 seed after, or 15 seed, excuse me, after a pretty tough Big Ten tournament. Um, so yeah, I a lot more juicier in the second round there. Uh, if McKee wins, McKee, McKee certain winner gets Latona in the second round. Um, so quarterfinals, probably potentially looking at Brandon Courtney against either Ragason or Camacho. Um, then you could have either Howard Heinzelman or Lamont against uh, Latona or McKee, I guess, or certain, um, depending on whoever comes out of the bottom half there. Pretty fun weight. Um, you know, that whoever comes out of that bottom side, man, they're going to have to earn it, um, which, you know, everybody who's on the bottom side, um, they're probably happy that they don't have to go through Spencer Lee to get to the finals. Anyway, on to 133. Um who we got here? We got a lot here. We got uh, Iowa's Austin DeSanto. He is the four seed. So he's got uh, Little Rock's uh, Paul Bianchi first round. Pretty cool there for, for Little Rock, right? Paul Bianchi is their first NCAA qualifier in program history. Um, congratulations for getting to the national tournament. Here's Austin DeSanto in the first round Thursday morning, right? Um, so uh, kind of a tough draw there. Uh, winner there, actually, we could see another Cyhawk matchup. If Zach Redding from Iowa State, true freshman, took third at the Big 12 tournament, um, he's got Ryan Sullivan from West Virginia. Um, they could have met in the second round, or I guess the quarterfinals of the Big 12 tournament. But Sullivan uh, injury defaulted to Jack Skidlarzik, so we had some Cyclone Panther action there instead. Um, so we'll get to see Redding wrestle him, assuming Sullivan is healthy. Um, so if Redding and DeSanto both win in the first round, that's a, that's your second round matchup right there on the top side of the bracket. Um, Mickey Phillippe from Pittsburgh is the five seed, so you got to presume if, if Redding and DeSanto meet, winner probably gets Phillippe in the quarters. Um, I, Jarrett Trombley from NC State, that's another name you guys got to watch kind of in that quad, or I guess that quarter um, of the bracket all of this is on the top side another name to watch uh, Bryce West from Northern Illinois he got in as the 33 seed um, at this weight so if he wins the pigtail he'll get Dayton fixed from Oklahoma State congratulations right um, 
So yeah, I whether it's Philippi or Trombley or Redding or DeSanto, whoever um, comes out of the bottom half of that quad, I guess, probably going to see Dayton Fix in the semifinals, right? I got to presume that. Um, Dayton Fix has looked quite good this year. I don't really see anybody in his top half of the quarter, or I guess his quarter of the bracket, that is going to give him much fuss. Um, but I like DeSanto's path here. I think there's absolutely um, that possibility that he's wrestling on Friday night. Philippi, I know, is going to be a pretty tough customer should they match up. Um, but, you know, kind of my, my running theory and it's bared out everywhere else. If uh, if somebody hasn't wrestled DeSanto before and they wrestle him for the first time, 95% of the time they don't. I, things tend to go DeSanto's way, right? So I don't know that. I, Philippi and DeSanto, I don't believe, have wrestled. So that quarterfinal matchup, got to think it probably goes in DeSanto's favor. Then he gets a crack at Dayton Fix. We'll see how that one goes. Um, bottom half of the bracket. Penn State's Roman Bravo Young, he's the two seed. Virginia Tech's Corbin Myers is the three seed. Um, I like the Moshe Schwartz-Kyle Berwick matchup there. The winner probably gets RBY in the second round. Um, Boo Dryden, Louis Hayes, um, that's got some intrigue to it. Lucas Bird from Illinois is the seventh seed. He could potentially see RBY in the quarters. Uh, Matt Schmidt from Mizzou. Anthony Madrigal from Oklahoma, that could be a second-round matchup. Zach Price from uh, South Dakota State from Johnston originally. He's the 14th seed, so if he can beat Chance Rich from Cal State Bakersfield, probably see Myers in the second round. Um, have to keep an eye on how that goes. A lot of, a lot of local dudes at 133. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the you know the quarter's probably in the bottom half. If the seeds hold is Myers versus Schmidt and then Bird versus RBY. Um, but I think there's enough landmines there in the bottom half of the bracket that probably won't go to seed. Um, so, yeah, that's 33. We're moving on to 141 where uh, Iowa's Jaden Ironman is the one seed. Um, so again, he'll wrestle the pigtail winner, which is going to be either Caden Rooks from Indiana or Vinny Vespa from Hofstra. Um, both of those guys currently have losing records, so that could probably be bonus points for Ironman. We'll just see. Um, his path to the finals could include, uh, could see Chad Red in the quarters from Nebraska. I know he, he beat him pretty handily at the Big Ten tournament. Um, but you gotta gotta keep an eye on March. Chad Red, guy knows guy guy tends to ball out when it when the calendar flips to March. Then in the semifinals, this is where things I think get really interesting. Um, the bottom half, the bottom quad of the top half of the bracket, if that makes sense. You got Oklahoma's Dom Demas at the five seed, um, Oregon State's Grant Willits at the twelve seed, and his first round matchup is Real Woods from Stanford. So um, have fun with that, right? Um, and then the four seed is Tariq Wilson. So you could have. Woods Willits, winner probably gets Dom Demas. Winner of that second round matchup probably gets Tariq Wilson in the quarterfinals. And the winner of that is probably who Ironman sees in the semifinals, assuming he does his job and gets through Chad Red. So um, that's not an easy path, guys. I know he he really took it to Red and he looked really, really good when they wrestled both in the duels and at Big Tens. But Chad Red's still a very dangerous customer. And then in the semifinals, Real Woods, Dom Demas, Tariq Wilson, whoever it turns out being. Um, they're going to be dangerous. They're going to be athletic. They're going to be quick. Um, Ironman is going to have to be on his A game on Friday if he's going to want to get to Saturday night. Bottom half of the bracket, uh, Nick Lee from Penn State's the two seed. Uh, Rutgers' Sebastian Rivera is the three seed. Very Big Ten heavy here. Um, Iowa State's Ian Parker is the seven seed, so he opens up against Northwestern's Colin Valdivias. That's absolutely a winnable match. You win that one, probably going to get Zach Sherman from North Carolina. Um, so I, I like Ian Parker's path to the quarters where he'll presumably match up against Nick Lee. We'll see, you know, make sure that he gets through. He, if he wins his first round match, he'll get either Clay Carlson from South Dakota State or Parker Phillies from Purdue. Um, like Nick Lee's odds there to get to the quarters. Um, so that'd be an interesting match right there Friday morning for Ian Parker if he's able to get through. Um, Sebastian Rivera, I know there's 
Alan Hart from Mizzou is there. It looks like that's kind of maybe his toughest test if he wants to get to Friday night in the semifinals. Um, that'd be a pretty fun quarterfinal match there um, between Rivera and Hart. So, um, yeah, like uh, I, I like this bracket definitely. A lot a lot of the talent or a lot of the known commodities, I guess, are on the top half at 141. Um, so it'll be kind of interesting to see how all of that unfolds and who ultimately gets to the final. Um, you know, and especially, you know, if Sebastian Rivera and Nick Lee want to run back their rematch in the semifinals on Friday night, would not be mad. Would definitely not be mad, especially with a national finals berth on the line. That could be huge and expect a lot of fireworks. Um, so that's 41. Moving on to 49. Um, I know that there was a change in this bracket. Um, I know that Northern Colorado's Andrew Alirez, I believe he pulled out because of an injury. He was the 32 seed, so you got to presume whoever moves into his place. I haven't seen the updated brackets yet. They just slide into the pigtail um, where the winner will get Sammy Sasso from Ohio State, who's the one seed. Um, so congratulations if you get through to that, right? Um, this is an interesting bracket. Um, you got Iowa's Max Murin. He's the 12 seed. Um, so I guess the, the 0-2 at Big Ten's obviously hurt his seeding, but the fact that the guys that he lost to, Ridge Lovett from Nebraska, got to the finals, and then Mike Van Brill from Rutgers finished third. Um, I imagine that probably helped him a little bit when it came to the coaches' rankings. At least that's my one rationale. Um, so he's the 12 seed. He's got Graham Rooks from Indiana first round. You win that, you get a pretty quick shot at redemption too. Um, this entire little quad right here is all Big Ten wrestlers. So Ridge Lovett from Nebraska has ended up the five seed. He's got Michigan State's Peyton Omania in the first round, which is absolutely excellent. Expect tons of bombs and throws and Greco, and I'm very, very excited to watch that match. Um, but yeah, hey, Lovett's there um, as the five seed. I presume if the seeds hold, Mirren gets Lovett there in the second round. You get a quick shot at redemption there. So um, this could be a pretty quick uh, t- Thursday turnaround for Max Mirren. We'll see how he does. Um, don't count out Omania, though. That guy can throw a headlock from quite literally anywhere on either side. Um, so don't. Don't, you know, don't, don't count out Greco guys. Never count out Greco. Um, if Mirren's able to get to the quarters, probably got to thank, uh, Bula Wallen from Oklahoma State's the guy he's going to wrestle. Although Mitch Moore from Oklahoma is the 13 seed. That could potentially be a second round matchup. Mitch Moore for Bula Wallen. Um, that's your quarterfinal match. Um, top half of the top side of the bracket. Got to think it's probably Sammy Sasso or bust. Um, although some interesting, um, matchups there as well. Um, legend Lamer from Cal Poly. He's real tough. Um, and then you've got Northwestern's Yaya Thomas against Stanford's Jaden Abbas in the first round. That's pretty gnarly, right? Um, so winner there probably gets Lamer in the second round. And then the winner of that match probably gets Sasso um, in the quarters on Friday morning. So pretty fun top half of the bracket there. Bottom half of the bracket, Austin O'Connor from North Carolina. He's the two seed. Mizzou's Brock Mahler is the three seed. Uh, Michael Blockus from Minnesota, New Hampton and Cresto. Uh, Cresco, excuse me. Crestwood, I guess. Um you know, that he could see Mahler in the second round. He's got Navy's Casey Cobb in the first round. Blockus does. Um, so you see if he can, you know, he ended up fourth at the Big Ten tournament. So can he follow up that momentum up um, and see see what he can do against Mahler in that second round? That'd be kind of fun. Um, also got uh, Bryce Andonian from Virginia Tech. He's got Josh Feinsilver from Duke in the first round. Winner of that one probably sees Michigan's Kane in store. Um, it's weird to highlight the 627 matchup, but here we are. Um, you know, Andonian and Feinsilver. Andonian's a six seed. Um, so Andonian's a guy that could absolutely bust this bracket, but it's not going to be easy, right? Because, um, you know, I think he gets through fine silver and store fine, but Mahler is so technically sound that I just, I don't know how much he's actually going to bust this bracket. Um, but hey, not out of the question that he could get to the semifinals, which would be pretty fun because you got to think he'll probably see AOC, right? Um, AOC side of the bottom half of the bracket. It's got you and I and ISU. Um, so we got uh, Tristan Lara from North Carolina. He's the 23 seed. Um, if we're 
you know, seeding all the way out that far, which I guess we are. He's got Mike Van Brill in the first round, Rutgers, who drew the 10 spot. Um, that's a winnable match for Tristan Lara, guys. And then, so you, if, he, if he's able to do that, he gets to the second round against probably Jonathan Milner from Appalachian State. That Guys, that's another winnable match. Don't rule out. I mean, obviously, he's got a win. And the last time I think I said this, Lance Running ended up going, going down with an injury. But don't rule out Tristan Lara's run to the quarterfinals, man. That is, that is an ab, That's a quad he can win. Um, put it that way. I can, it would not shock me at all to see him do it. Obviously, he has to go do it. Mike Van Brill's very tough, so is Jonathan Milner. But hey, Tristan Lara, more than capable of getting to the quarterfinals, which would be pretty fun. Um, Iowa State's Jarrett Dagan. Um, he's got Griffin Perriott first round. Perriott drew the 15 seed. Uh, so if Dagan can win that one, he'll probably see Austin O'Connor in the second round. Um, so Lara and Dagan are in the same quarter, but they wouldn't meet until the quarterfinals if you're looking at the bracket, if that makes sense, right? So Dagan, I think he can beat Perriott. I don't know if he can beat Austin O'Connor, who's just way too technically sound. So Austin O'Connor potentially could go through Iowa State, Northern Iowa in order to get to the semifinals where he could see Andonian, potentially Mahler, maybe block us if he brings his A game. Who knows? Um, that's a pretty fun bottom half of the bracket right there. On to 157. Um, let's see. Let's start here with Iowa's Caleb Young. Um, he I, Every time I start with these brackets, I'm going top and then bottom. So I'm sure you guys have probably picked up on that. So Iowa's Caleb Young. He's the five seed here. He's got a Connor Brady from Virginia Tech first round. Absolutely a winnable match. He could see Penn State's Brady Berge in the second round. Um, so Brady Berge's got a Navy's Andrew Cerniglia. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm probably not. Um, so if they, if Young and Berge both win, that's your second round match. Um, winner gets to the quarters. Um, guys, I like Caleb Young's draw here. I, I don't see anybody who, you know, could stop him from getting to the semifinals, really. I mean, I know Ryder's Jesse Delvecchi is the four seed. He's 7-0. Um, you know, Oregon State's Hunter Willits is the 13 seed, 9-3. and three. Um, you know, but I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think Caleb Young could absolutely get to the semifinals here. You got to beat Brady. You probably got to beat Berge. Um, you know, then Delvecchia or Willits, and then boom, you're in the semifinals where you probably get Ryan Deacon. Um, Deacon's the one seed here. He'll get the pigtail winner. Um, then he'll probably have to go through North Dakota State's Jared Fronick or uh, Purdue's Kendall Coleman in order to get to the semifinals. But just watching the way Ryan Deacon's been wrestling, I really don't see much of an issue there so um, Big Ten Finals rematch in the NCAA semifinals Um, that's hey absolutely possible so we'll keep an eye on that bottom half of the bracket uh, NC State's Hayden Heidley is the two seed and Iowa State's David Carr is the three seed Um, this it's not going to be an easy path to the semifinals but guys I really think David Carr can get there and then at that point you got to put together one good match um, against presumably Hayden Heidley if you want to get through um, so David Carr opens with Josh McClure from North Carolina. You win there. You probably get uh, Will Lewan from Michigan, who's the 14 seed. In the second round, David Carr can win that one. So if he gets to the quarters, you're probably looking at either Brayton Lee from Minnesota or Ja'Cory Teamer from Arizona State. He's beaten Teamer, I think, twice, at least once for sure that I know of. Um, Brayton Lee, um, very tough customer. I, nobody that David Carr can't beat, though, so... Um, not out of the question that we see Iowa and Iowa State in the semifinals at 157 pounds. Um, so David Carr, if he if he gets to the semifinals, probably going to see Hayden Heidley, who's the two seed. Um, you know, elsewhere in this bracket, uh, Jarrett JQs from Mizzou is the seven seed. Um, he'll probably have to get through either Justin Thomas or Jacob Wright to get to the quarters. Um, and then Kay DeVos from South Dakota State, shout out Southeast Polk. Um, he has number 15 Chase Aldate from Michigan State in the first round. If he wins, he'll probably see Heidley. Um, so. You know, kind of a not, not the 
I mean, not that there's a good draw at the NCAA championships because all these guys are really freaking good, but, you know, DeVos, if he's able to get through Saldate, which, you know, he's technically sound enough that that should, that, that's entirely possible, uh, congrats, you get Hayden Heidley on Thursday night. So we'll see what happens. Um, pretty fun weight overall. Um, and again, wouldn't shock me to see Caleb Young and David Carr uh, both at in the semifinals on Friday night. Um, it's entirely possible, um, you know, and the more and more I think about it, the more that maybe I think David Carr has a shot against Hayden Heidley, even though Heidley beat him pretty decisively in at the U.S. Men's Freestyle National Championships back in October. Um, so I'm still sleeping on my picks, and I'll, I'll, I'll post those for you guys on Monday like I normally do. I usually say something to the effect of just so I'm on the record, and then I throw out my 10 names, and, and then away we go to start the week, right? Um, so that's 157 pounds. That's halfway through. We're going to take a quick break here because that's 20 minutes of just me rambling. Um, and we will be, uh, we'll be right back with the second half of the NCAA brackets. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up with the final five weights here. Um, Off-the-cuff thoughts. Like I said, normally I have these uh, podcasts scripted out. This time I don't because I'm just literally scrolling through the brackets and giving you guys my unfiltered thoughts. Um, We hit the first five weights um, in that first one, so we're going to wrap up with 65 through heavyweight. Um, And, yeah, we got another one seed for the Hawkeyes. Alex Marinelli, number one at 165. Um, I think this is a weight where all – no, just two of them, just two – uh, in-state wrestlers are here and they could meet, meet in the first round. Wow, I need to use English. Um, uh, Northern Iowa's Austin Yant is the 33 seed at the NCAA championships. So he's in the pigtail match. He's got Ricky Stam of Hofstra. And if he wins, congratulations, Austin Yant. You get Alex Marinelli. Um, that might be, I look, and I, and I know I said when I, I tweeted this out earlier, I think when the brackets first came out, that Alex Marinelli's path to the NCAA championships, or at least to the NCAA finals, could include Austin Yant, uh, NC State's Thomas Bullard, uh, could see Shane Griffith from Stanford, and then Makai Lewis from Virginia Tech. That's freaking gnarly, man. Um, and I think there was somebody that really quickly was just like, is Austin Yant a landmine? I don't consider him a landmine, but this is a guy that just he wrestles really hard, and his matches are always close, and clearly he turned a corner last year in March, and now he, like, I, obviously being injured all year, and then he goes and takes fifth at the Big 12 tournament. So now he's here at the NCAA championships. Like, guy's worthy, and I wouldn't rule out, um, you know, I don't know that he's going to beat Alex Marinelli, but I wouldn't rule out him winning a handful of matches in the Russellbacks either just because he, he keeps the matches close and he gives himself a chance, and so then it's just a matter of executing your offense, right? Um, so it wouldn't shock me at all to see Yant win, and then you get Marinelli. And then, like I said earlier, Marinelli could see NC State's Thomas Bullard in the second round. Um, and then you get either, you know, Luke Weber from North Dakota State, who was the Big 12 champ against Shane Griffith from Stanford. That's a second round matchup winner, probably sees Marinelli in the quarters. And then you could see, I mean, it's not just Makai Lewis who's on the other side of that bracket. You could see Zach Hartman from Bucknell, who's pretty tough. Um, Jake Keating from Virginia. Tanner Schedule from Navy. Um, I think those are, you know, I think that's the, Lewis is the four, Hartman's the five, Keating's the 12, Schedule's the 13. Um, probably going to be Makai Lewis. I wonder where he's at health-wise, though. Um, um, I know even a less than 100% Makai Lewis is still very, very dangerous. So maybe Hartman sneaks through there, though, if he's not. Um, can't look ahead of Shane Griffith either, potentially, or Luke Weber. He looked really, really good last week at the Big 12 tournament. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, hey, I, I, <laughs> there are a lot of people that were saying, you know, Marinelli, I, we wouldn't have it any other way if he wants to win an NCAA title, right? Um, I tend to agree. Um, that's, you know, that's kind of his mindset, just getting to know the guy over the last few few years. Um, you know, so, I, hey, why not? You know, why not? Let's, you know, get her done. What a way to win to get to the finals on Saturday. And then who could you see on the other side? Well, um, you got Anthony Valencia at the two seed, um, and then you got Jake Wetzel from Pitt at the three seed. Um Man, this is so I, the bottom half of 165, man. I I personally think it's wide open, and I say that as a guy who I mean I've seen Anthony Valencia a couple times this year. Um, obviously, got to watch him beat Shane Griffith. I mean, he didn't just beat Shane Griffith; he beat beat Shane Griffith at the Pac-12 Finals. Jake Wenzel's the ACC champ. Um, he was beating Makai Lewis when Lewis got hurt. That was the match where they got hurt during the regular season. But then look else. Uh, look oh, who else is here, right? Nebraska's Peyton Robs the 14 seed. He could see Wenzel in the second round. Um, Cam Amin, Kennedy Monday in the first round. That looks like a lot of fun. The winner probably sees Missouri's Keegan O'Toole. Um, opposite side on the bottom quad, you got Ethan Smith from Ohio State. He could see uh, Travis Whitlake from Oklahoma State in the second round, but Whitlake's got to get through Joe Lee first. And then uh, Dan Bronigal and Isaac Alejnik. Um, Bronigal from Illinois, Alejnik from Northern Illinois. Winner probably gets Valencia in the second round. Um, guys, I think the bottom half of this bracket's wide open. I know I joked earlier when the brackets came out, like, guys, are, are we ready for Keegan O'Toole? versus Travis Whitlake for the NCAA semifinal. I mean, that'd be the sixth seed versus the 10th seed. But that's, like, I fully believe that that's an entire, like, that's a possibility, right? Like, my, my Mizzou fandom's probably coming through and thinking that O'Toole can get to the semifinals. But, you know, I, if he can get through Wenzel, and Wenzel I know is really, really tough. He's a hammer on top. He's tough to take down. Um, Keegan O'Toole is just funky enough that he could probably produce enough offense to maybe win that match. Um, will he? I don't know. But it'd be a really fun quarterfinal match on Friday morning. You can sign me up for that. Um... I'm a big fan of Whitlake's draw here, though. You know, I think I, I, nothing from Ethan Smith screams that Whitlake can't beat him. Nothing from Valencia that I've seen screams that Whitlake can't beat him. Absolutely out of the 10 spot, I could see him in the NCAA semifinals. And he's probably all sorts of motivated because Luke Weber beat him last week, right? And I, I you know, I thought Whitlake was probably going to be the guy to win 65 at the Big 12. Um, which would probably have positioned him as the two or three seed, depending on how the rest of this went. I mean, he's 16 and one, so if he wins it, he'd have been 16 and 0. Which, you know, more wins. Maybe he's the two seed. I don't know. Uh, but out of the 10 spot, I, I like that draw. It's a tough draw, but I like that draw for Travis Whitlake. That's 165. Um, obviously, I had a lot of thoughts there. We're moving on to 74. Uh, where Michael Kemmerer from Iowa is the one seed. He'll get the pigtail winner, either Jacob Nolan from Binghamton or Drew Hughes from Michigan State. Um, really weird to see guys with losing records at the NCAA championships, but I guess that's just kind of the season it is. So um, Kemmerer probably gets the winner there. Um, I don't know that there's really much to worry about for Kemmerer until you get to the quarterfinals. Um, I guess Clay Lott from North Carolina is pretty tough, but I don't know that he's anything Kemmerer can't handle. So when you get to the quarters, probably going to see either Daniel Bullard from NC State or Donnell Washington from Indiana. Um, so I just, that's the eight, the nine seed. That's probably the second round matchup. Winner probably gets Kemmerer in the quarters. Then you get to the semifinals and things get really interesting. Um, cause on the other side of the top half of the bracket, Logan Mass is the five seed. Um, so I like his path to the quarters. Um, and then you've got Mikey Labriola from Nebraska. Who's the four seed. He has, by the way, Northern Iowa's Lance Runyon in the first round. So we'll, we'll see how healthy Lance Runyon is. I don't even think a fully healthy Runyon can get Labriola right now. Um, 
maybe in a couple of years we'll see how much he progresses. I just think labs might be a little too much this year, especially if Runyon's still dealing with some injuries. So probably going to see massive labs in the quarters. Winner would likely get Kimmer in the semifinals. Um, I think labs has the proper amount of hips and technique and offensive ability and wrestling IQ to take down Kemmer. Like that's, I, I think the two guys in this bracket, and this is no disrespect to the bottom half of the bracket at 174, the two guys that can beat Michael Kemmer in this bracket are both in the top side. And it's Logan Massa, and it's Mikey Labriola, and I know Iowa fans are probably going to roll their eyes um, because Kemmer beat Massa, and he beat him pretty handily in the Big Ten quarterfinals, or the Big Ten semifinals, excuse me. Um, but that's those are the two guys that I think can get the job done. So if, if it's Labs, um, I like that'll be a really intriguing Friday night match. If it's Massa, I still think still think it's going to be a very intriguing Friday night match you know I just that's that's just my immediate thoughts um, again no disrespect to the guys on the bottom side but that's just those are the two guys that I think can get they can beat Kemmer this weekend or I guess next weekend um, and they're both on they're all on the same side of the bracket on the opposite side of the bracket you got Utah Valley's Demetrius Romero he's the two seed uh, Penn State's Carter Starachi is the three seed um, some really intriguing matchups here I think um, wouldn't shock me at all to kind of see the, the seeds hold on the bottom side of the bracket so you probably get Starachi Romero in the semifinals um, you know, but keep an eye on Hayden Hastings from Wyoming. That guy's pretty dangerous. Um, you know, there's also, you know, Andrew McNally from Kent State. He's pretty tough. Caleb Romero from Ohio State. Wouldn't shock me at all to see him get through Romero. Uh, Romero on Romero quarterfinal matchup. But, there, you know, Peyton Mako, the 10 seed at Mizzou, he's down there. Dustin Plott from Oklahoma State. Um, I don't know that he just has the man strength yet to maybe handle some of these guys but we'll see you know if he if he can get through his his first round match he'd see Romero in the second round presumably um so you know maybe the quarterfinals are a little bit more interesting I really like Starachi's draw at 74 I don't think really he should see a whole lot of fuss um if he can get through um you know I really don't see a lot of fuss for him until he gets to the semifinals I think he's just that good but there he could see either Caleb Romero Demetrius Romero uh maybe Peyton Mako if he makes a run I don't know uh, semifinals in the bottom half of 74 that could be where things get really interesting okay 184 um aaron brooks is your top seed from penn state um and then you got quite a few iowa ties here and they're all on the top side of the bracket um so you've got um let's start here nelson brands from iowa he's the 12 seed um this sounds about right i mean this is a weird funky weight where a lot of the talent um you know i know aaron brooks obviously is in the big 10 but a lot of the other talent i mean this is this is a pretty this is a pretty wide open weight right like there's a lot of guys you know trent heidley's the two seed um we'll touch on him in a minute louis dupre from binghamton's the three seed parker kickeisen from northern iowa he's the four seed congratulations on a phenomenal season young man you get sam colbury in the first round i'm not kidding i find it really really dumb that they pair up conference opponents i know in some cases it's it's not feasible and it's not they're they're just not able to break them up but this this kind this is kind of silly right uh parker kick guys and sam colbray northern iowa iowa state in the first round um I know it kind of speaks a little bit more to Sam Colbray's volatility a little bit. Um, you know, a few years ago, he was in the Big 12 finals against Drew Foster. He made the NCAA quarterfinals that same year. Um, now here he is, 6-3. Uh, and three. He took, what, fifth place at the Big 12 tournament. So where do you put him? Because he didn't really wrestle a whole lot this season. I kind of get it, but it's also just like, really? You know? Um, so that's a first-round matchup. Um You know, Nelson Brands is in the same quarter, but not in the same quad, if that makes sense. Um, so, and then the other Iowa tie here is Max Lyon from Purdue. He's the 16 seed. So, um, he's got Owen Webster from Minnesota first round. If he wins, he probably gets Aaron Brooks in the second round. Um, you know, Taylor Vins is also on the side of the bracket. Good God, man, this weight is deep. Um, 
He's the eight seed, so you could see Brooks Vins in the quarterfinals, and that would be a rematch of the Big 12 fi- or the Big Ten finals. Excuse me, that Brooks won pretty handily. That's assuming Vins gets through Jeremiah Kent from Mizzou. We'll see what happens. Um, anyway, back to Nelson Brands. He's the 12 seed. If he gets through Dominic Ducharme from Cal State Bakersfield, probably going to see Hunter Bolin from Virginia Tech in the second round. That's a pretty tough second round matchup. Not unwinnable, um, but Nelson's going to have to bring his best on on Thursday night if he's going to want to win that match. So if he wins that one probably see Keck Eisen in the quarterfinals. Um, I really like the way Keck Eisen has progressed. I think he'll beat Colbray. I know in the duel it was a barn burner. Um, you know, it came down to, to Keck Eisen having to score not once but twice in the third period because they wiped away one of the first takedowns. So if he wins, he beats Colbray in the first round. He gets Wisconsin's Christopher Weiler. That's absolutely a winnable match. Um, wouldn't shock me at all to see Parker Keck Eisen in the NCAA semifinals, right? Like he's going to have to get through Hunter Bolin um, and Weiler and Colbray are obviously, you don't sleep on those guys, but um, this is a path that's possible, right? And then you get Parker Kekeis and Aaron Brooks. That w- that'll be a rematch of the Junior World Team Trials Finals. Um, that could be pretty fun, guys. Um, and also just great exposure for Northern Iowa to get a guy on on uh, on Friday night in the semifinals. That's ESPN Maine. Um, you know, him and Brody Teske both, I think, had pads to the semifinals. That'd be pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, pretty loaded top side at 184. Bottom side, like I mentioned, Trent Heidley from NC State. He's the two seed. Uh, Louis Dupre from Binghamton is the three seed. Um you got not not as much firepower, but there's I mean there's some interesting things going on here, right? You got Britt Wilson from Northern Illinois, the seven seed. Um, you know he could wrestle Tate Samuelson from Wyoming. That's who Keck Eisen had to beat in the Big Twelve Finals. That could be a second round match. Um, Lane Malchuski from Michigan State gets Alan Clothier from Northern Colorado. That could be a really fun first round match. Winner probably gets Heidley. Um, you know John Poznanski from Rutgers is the six seed. Um, he could see Dakota Gear in the second round from Oklahoma State. Winner of that one probably gets Dupre. So there's you know there's some interesting second round matchups I really like the Mauchuski Clothier matchup in the first round that can be a lot of fun um you know that's and then you know you get to the quarterfinals you know potential if the seeds hold Dupre Poznanski um Britt Wilson Trent Heidley probably looking at Dupre Heidley but don't I, man I, I think I said this at big big tens don't rule out uh John Poznanski um that kid's good man like he's really good wouldn't shock me at all to see him in the semifinals um so we'll see what happens Lou Dupre is pretty seasoned um so that'd be a pretty tough match for him but that's 184 um you know Aaron Brooks Trent Heidley I think is the finals match that everybody wants but Lou Dupre and John Poznanski and um you know perhaps even Parker Kekeisen or Hunter Bolin they all might have something to say about it same thing with Taylor Venz I mean let's not forget Taylor Venz has a win over Aaron Brooks um so yeah um pretty fun wait to to be quite honest there's a lot going on here and um you know, just kind of looking at, you know, Keck Eisen, should he get to the semifinals? That's top six. Um, you know, Nelson Brands, I think he's probably going to have to come through the Russellbacks if he's going to want to win it. So, you know, let's say the seed holds and he gets to the blood round. Um, that would put him, if I can read the bracket correctly, uh, 297. You guys probably enjoy this. This is great podcasting. So that would put him... Um, Loser of 372. He'd probably have to beat either Samuelson or Wilson, um, assuming that Trent Heidley wins that quarterfinal match, or maybe Heidley loses. I don't know. Um, that's who he's probably going to have to beat in the Russellbacks if he's going to want to be an All-American, um, which is not out of the question, I don't think. So we'll see what happens. Um, pretty fun wait there at 184. Moving on to 97, because uh, I've spent way too much time on 84. Um, Jacob Warner is your five seed from Iowa. So he's got Nick Renan from NC State. Good God, man. This weight is bananas, right? Um, especially at the top half of this weight. You guys ready for this? So you got Miles Amin as the one seed. Um, you know, a potential second round matchup um, in the 8-9 matchup is Noah Adams from West Virginia, Steve Buchanan uh, from Wyoming. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, Warner, if he gets through Nick Renan, is either going to get Lucas Davison from Northwestern, who he beat at Big Tens. 
or Iowa State's Marcus Coleman, who only drew the 21 seed after scoring four pins at the Big 12 tournament last week. Um, kind of weird, right? So whoever wins that matchup is uh, going to move to the quarterfinals where they could see either A.J. Ferrari for Oklahoma State or Albernet grad uh, Tanner Sloan, who now wrestles for South Dakota State. So, yeah, that's a mess. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, I know War- Renan's really good. Um, maybe not like a fully supercharged 97 pounder um you know he's got really good technique um you know and he can he can he can attack and burst um but you know if warner uses heavy hands to stay is in good position it's a match he should absolutely win um you know then he gets uh coleman who's very dangerous or davison who's beaten so i you know i kind of like warner's path to the quarters there and then he gets either tanner sloan or aj ferrari um which neither of those guys are easy i know tanner sloan beat uh warner pretty good the last time they met up in the in the midland semifinals and then aj ferrari could potentially be my guy to pit like to win it like I don't, that was my gut reaction we're assuming he can get through miles Amin. i don't know how that's gonna go yet um that's also assuming aj ferrari beats uh, jacob warner so uh we'll see i've been really impressed with ferrari this season um i'm gonna continue to sleep on that and i'll post my picks on monday um so be on the lookout for that that's the top side of the bracket, man. That's just freaking ridiculous. Bottom side of the bracket uh, at 97, uh, Eric Schultz from Nebraska. He's the two seed. Cordell Norfleet from Arizona State is the three seed. Um, and then other guys on this bracket worth following. J.I.L.O. from Virginia. He's the 11. He could see Pittsburgh's Nino Bonacorsi in the second round. Winner would probably see Corf, uh, Cordell Norfleet in the uh, quarterfinals, which would be a lot of fun. Um, and then you're, you're ready for this. Oklahoma's Jake Woodley. Some reason, the 28 seed, 26 seed. I can't read that. 20. Yeah, 20, let me zoom in, 26 seed. He's got Rocky Elam from Mizzou. Um, so, you know, hey, a couple of guys with, uh, you know, I know Woodley hasn't had the best season at 9-7, and seven, but hey, um, <laughs> that's, that's a gnarly first-round matchup, right? <clears throat> so, you know, hey, winner advances, probably gets Michigan State's Cam Caffey in the second round. Um, did I mention how much I love this weight, right? And then the winner of that one probably sees Schultz um, in the quarterfinals, but Schultz has to probably beat Michael Beard from Penn State in the second round. Um, so, you're, so your quarterfinals are some combination of Cordell Norfleet, J.I.L. Nino Botacorsi, and then Rocky Elam, Jake Woodley, Cam Caffey, Michael Beard, Eric Schultz, right? Um, don't sleep on 97, guys. This is a really fun wait. Um, here I am laughing at it, just kind of looking at the bracket. Between the top side mess, where Warner's at, and the bottom side, just all these guys, like Woodley, Elam, Caffey, like bananas. Um, I love this wait. Anyway, 285. Um, Tony Cassiope from Iowa, he's the five seed. Um, so he is going to get uh, Zachary Knight and Ward from Hofstra in the first round. Uh, Gable Stevenson is the one seed. Uh, your four seed here, Arizona State's Colton Schultz. Um, that's the that, Those are the main guys on the top half. Schultz could see Brian Andrews from Wyoming in the second round. Um, Tony Cassiope, assuming he gets through Hofstra. I, I don't see a whole lot of issues for Cassiope to get through to the quarterfinals. I did want to make one point, though. There are a lot of people that were upset that Cassiope was not the three seed. And... I I am blown away as to why that is because guys he lost twice in the regular season pretty decisively to both Stevenson and Mason Paris who were the one in the two seeds, um, and then you look at the you know the fact that the Big Ten did not get to wrestle out of conference opponents and then you take into account that Matt Stencil from Central Michigan went undefeated won the MAC title Colton Schultz went undefeated he has wins over both Carter Isley and Gannon Gremmel plus a few more probably. Um, you know, so he went undefeated, won a Pac-12 title. He's the, the that's your three and your four seed. Like those guys ran the table and they went undefeated. Um, so no duh, ta- Tony Cassiope is going to be the five seed. Like if if the Big Ten was allowed to wrestle out of conference 
opponents, you know, he would have seen Matt Stencil at the Midlands because he beat him there last year. He maybe would have seen Colton Schultz at somewhere else, or Colton Schultz would have been able to see Gable or Mason Paris or some of these other guys. Um, you know, like everybody who's upset that Cass is the five seed, like, guys, this makes perfect sense. Like the, everybody, you know, Gable Stevenson ran the table. Mason Paris is the two seed. Um, you know, shout out to the human element that probably swapped that around. And then Stencil and Schultz ran the table like this. I, it, it makes perfect sense. Like, don't don't worry about it. Um, that said, I, like I said, I like his, I like Cassiope's pass to the quarters because Hofstra shouldn't be much of an issue. Then he'll get either Tate Orndorff or Christian Lance, um, two guys that he has beaten this year. So cast probably to the quarters. Well, he'll probably get Colton Schultz. And I think that's a matchup that wrestling fans should be excited about. And Iowa fans um, should be very, very intrigued about. I know Colton Schultz, a lot of his expertise is in Greco, um, but he's beaten some good heavyweights this year, guys. Like, And I know I'm a huge Colton Schultz fan. Um, you know, not that I'm going to be rooting for him, but I am very, very intrigued to see how he does here because you've got Gable very clearly the top heavyweight in the country. Mason Paris very clearly probably the number two. And then you've got Tony Cassiope leading the pack of guys behind him. And included in that pack is guys like Colton Schultz and Matt Stencil. Um, probably throw Gannon Grimmel in there this year because he's had a really, really good season. Um, so very intrigued by that. Um, that's your potential quarterfinal. Um, Gables, the top seed, he'll probably have to get through either Lehigh's Jordan Wood or Penn State's Greg Kirkfleet in order to get to the semifinals. I don't see much of an issue there. Whoever wins between Cass and Schultz probably gets Gable. Um, you know, good luck, right? Like I just, I, well, we all saw Gable Russell at the Big 12, Big Ten finals last last week. Um, you know, I I don't see anybody beating him. You know, I, I'm more looking ahead to, you know, can this guy make the Olympic team this year? And he probably can. Um, but, you know, who he's going to beat to get there, um, probably got Luke Luffman from Illinois in the second round. He's had a pretty solid year. Um, Kirk Vliet's the nine seed. Jordan Wood's the eight seed. That's your second round matchup probably. Um, winner gets Gable in the quarters. And then Gable will probably get either Cass or Schultz in the semifinals. On the bottom half of the bracket, I mentioned this before already, Mason Paris from Michigan is the two seed. Matt Stencil from Central Michigan is the three seed. Be kind of fun for the blood round boys to see Stencil versus Paris in the, uh, in the semifinals. But to get there, uh, Paris could potentially see Carter Isley from Northern Iowa, who's the 15 seed. He's got Virginia Tech's uh, Hunter Katka in the first round. Um, so that's kind of, that's that, that'd be a pretty fun one, I think. You know, can Isley bounce back after a pretty rough Big 12 championship performance? Um, so if he can get through Katka, probably sees Mason Paris in the second round. Um, you know, and then on the other side of that quarter, uh, Deontay Wilson from NC State, the 10 seed. He's undefeated, won NCAA title. Can he get through, you know, Nathan Traxler, Ethan Laird from Ryder, Traxler from Stanford? Um, that could be the second round matchup. Winner probably sees Paris in the quarters. Um, Stencil um, has Austin Harris from Oklahoma State in the first round. If he wins, he probably gets, I don't know where his health's at, but Trent Hilger from Wisconsin. He's got Josh Heinzelman from Oklahoma in the first round. Winners there get the second round matchup. And then Zach Elam from Mizzou, Brandon Metz, North Dakota State. Winner probably gets Gannon Grimmel from Iowa State. Grimmel's the sixth seed. He's got Sam Schuler from Buffalo, who's pretty tough. Um, he needs to bring his A game. Grimmel does. So win there. You get either Metz or Elam. You win there. You'll probably get Stencil in the quarterfinals. Um, and at that point, you know, can you put together a good match on Friday morning in order to get on the podium and the top six? And then you get your crack at probably Mason Paris, right? So. Um, you know, Isley, uh, I, I think he can beat Kaka if he brings his A game. If not, it's going to be a long road through the Russellbacks. Uh, I, you know, if he beats Kaka, loses to Paris, again, probably a long road through the Russellbacks. But, um, you know, I, it wouldn't shock to see to see him in. It wouldn't shock me to see him in the blood round, I guess. Um, so I like where all the heavyweights are at for um, everybody with Iowa ties. Um, you know, it wouldn't shock me at all to see them all at least be in potential to earn an All-American spot. Um, but we'll see what happens. You know, we could see Gremmel and Cassiope both in the semifinals. We could see everybody coming through in the blood round. Um, so that's that's heavyweight. Those are all the brackets. Uh, we're going to take another quick break, and then I'll be back with that interview with uh, Wartburg coach Eric Keller. Thanks, guys. 
that was a lot, but I hope you guys followed along all right and enjoyed it. Um, I'm sure I'll have more thoughts and observations over the next week before we get to the NCAA championships. But, how, I mean, I, hey, I want to know how you guys feel. You heard my unfiltered thoughts. I want to hear yours. How do you feel about the brackets? What do you guys think? What do you think about the draws? What are your favorite matchups that you're potentially looking forward to? First-round matchup, things like that. Um, you know I love talking with you guys, so shoot me a tweet, shoot me a message, whatever, and let's discuss this. Um, we got a week until the big show, right? So what else are we going to do? Um, actually, we're going to end today's show, though, uh, with a conversation with Wartburg's Eric Keller, like I had mentioned before. His wrestling team has been through a lot over the last year. They were on the mats warming up when the NCAA announced that all winter sports postseasons would be canceled because of COVID-19. That was last season. Then they weren't sure if they were even going to be able to wrestle this season. Then they did. But then the NCAA announced that there wouldn't be a national tournament because of the lack of participation numbers among all D3 schools. And, well, that just sucks. But the wrestling community, man, is something special. USA Wrestling announced almost immediately that they would step up and help sponsor a Division Three national tournament. Within a week, they and the National Wrestling Coaches Association announced that a Division Three national championship would be held at Extreme Arena this weekend, right down the street in Coralville. There will be 34 teams competing. Nearly all 10 weights will have full 32-man brackets. Competition starts Friday, and it continues all the way through Saturday, just like a normal Division Three national tournament would. The only weird thing is the lack of an overall team score. It's not being kept, and that kind of bothers Keller a little bit. You guys will hear it in the interview, um, because Wartburg was probably the favorites to win that this year. Uh, the Knights, they have all 10 wrestlers are seated ninth or better including four that are seated either first or second. Augsburg, likely the primary challenger this weekend. They have nine wrestlers seated ninth or better, and four of them are seated fourth or better. So to get you ready for this weekend's Division Three tournament, I caught up with Coach uh, Eric Keller to discuss the last 12 months for him and his team, uh, what all these decisions and the emotions and everything in between kind of felt like and what they were hearing. And we also discussed just kind of how his guys responded and what he expects from them this weekend. Keller brings the juice as always. So let's transition to that now. Cue up that music, a conversation with Wartburg Coach Eric Keller. I hope you guys enjoy. Cody, what's happening? Not a whole lot, Coach. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. We get to wrestle a national tournament in a couple of days. <laughs> well, that was what I was kind of hoping to talk to you about. Just the fact I know that you guys were really excited about your team this year, and I got to see you earlier this year wrestle Iowa State, and have just been following along as the season unfolded. And um, you know, then my heart broke, and then I was like, "Oh my gosh, the wrestling community is amazing!" All in the span of about a week, uh, just because of what really? you guys have kind of been through. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, man. I mean, it's totally, it's, it's been a roller coaster of emotions, honestly, this entire season. And you think back to even like in the fall when all of a sudden sports were getting canceled, you know, I mean, I, I get the division one level ran, but like the fall sports got canceled for, for division three. We were like, oh man, what's this mean? And then our start date for competition got pushed back. So, I mean, that makes you a little nervous, but then we're like, all right, we, we, cause I was worried that I was able, it wasn't even going to happen. And then we were still able to get it. We rescheduled it, you know, so that was good. Um, and then obviously, yes, the heartbreak of our NCAA is getting canceled. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, the NWCA steps up and, and everybody that's involved in making this thing happen, man, it's, it's been, it's been crazy. Honestly, it's been crazy. And, you know, I guess my biggest thing is I've been amazed at our guys on how well they've, maintained their positive attitude, you know, rolled with the punches and 
just the resiliency in them because, you know, at that age, like going into the season, obviously not knowing a hundred percent if it's going to happen. I mean, that was always obviously in the back of your head potentially, but like we worked really, really hard mindset wise and mentally not to focus on that. We focused on, we're having a national tournament. We are, we're going to business as usual. And, you know, obviously in the fall, it was different. We didn't get to practice that much. I think that kind of showed a little bit at Iowa State. We weren't quite where we needed to be <laughs> in in January, you know. But from that point on, we were able to practice like we needed to and, and do everything we needed to do to continue to grow and get better. And, and the biggest thing that, for me as a coach, you know, not very often, man, do you, do you just step back and, like, analyze things, but man, I'm in awe of how our guys have responded because that week that we got our NCAAs canceled, that was a Wednesday. We met on Thursday and, you know, the, the, the conversation I had with them was this. How we respond to this will define who we are as a program, as a team. This You guys as a specific group right now at this time and in, in place in history – and that very next weekend, I mean, we competed, and it was Central and BV, and, and we beat them 88 to minus one. And I'm only bringing that up because, man, there's a lot of different directions that age of guys could have went emotionally. I mean, just – and they didn't waver. They stayed the course. You know, and then fast forward to the following weekend. You know, I mean, they dominating fashion to win the conference championship. We only lost one match in that duel, you know, against Loris. Um, just the way they've responded. I mean, it's, it's, it's been, it has, man, it's been inspiring. Just, just, uh, and then when we got the, the news of the, the NWCA national tournament, you know, how the focus shifted and, um, you know, I think they're a little bit disappointed, I guess, maybe I don't want to, I don't want to put a damper on it, but like they were confused why there's no team score. You know I mean? They were, they were excited to wrestle, for a team national championship, you know, that's, that's one of those things that that's why guys come to Warburg to, to obviously win their own individual championship, but they, they were excited to wrestle for a team championship too, you know? And so that part was, was a little bit, um, I didn't have an answer. I don't know why. I don't know why to not keep a team score for that, you know, but I said, Hey, let's just like everything we've done all year long, keep our focus, keep our perspective on positive we're thankful we have a national tournament. We have an opportunity for these guys to go wrestle the best guys in the country at the end of the year, and we're excited about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know that there's – I mean, you kind of hit on a lot of it just right there. There's, there's a lot of different, you know, whirlwind of emotions. And, I, you know, I, I mean, you said it kind of started in the fall. I would, you know, maybe start it even back last year when, you know, you guys are on the mats getting oh, ready for sure. and they come off and say, you know, hey, we're not doing this. Um you know, I mean, two years in a row that the NCAA, at least, um, you know, one, the, you know, the first time probably makes a little bit of sense, I guess, given everything going on the second time. I mean, I'm gonna be honest, I, it made absolutely zero sense to me why they decided to not do any winter sports, um, championships and especially wrestling. Um, nope, I agree. And, and, well, and then you throw the emotional side of this too. Think about it. Like here, these guys are watching all these other divisions, division two having theirs, division one's having theirs, you know, junior college. I mean, and so, and, and not, I'm not bringing that up spitefully. I'm, I'm absolutely 
excited for those programs that they get to have it. You know, I'm, I'm thankful that those programs are having it, those divisions are having it. But how do you explain that? You know, how do you explain that to your guys that here, here we're not having a championship because, I mean, it just it makes no sense. You know, it just doesn't make sense. But, you know, through it all, this whole year has been teachable moments, you know, and ultimately that's that's the goal. And there's going to be a lot of things in life that aren't fair, you know, and, and how you respond to them and how you overcome. And, and so, I mean, there's been a, this year more than any year, there's been a lot of just, just opportunities to help guys understand the big picture of thing. And, and that's what I've been so impressed with is how they've responded and understood that. I mean, they've showed so much maturity, you know, and, and resiliency. Absolutely. How has this really, this past year, um, how has it kind of tested you as a coach? I know you kind of alluded to that a little bit, but I mean, this is, you know, from, you know, hey guys, we're, we're on the mats, we're all down to weight, but we can't wrestle to, uh, we don't know if we're going to have a season to, you know, making sure that these kids stay the course to, you know, from not having a national tournament to having a national tournament to, you know, potentially being in line for a team title to not even, you know, keeping team score. I mean, there's a lot of different variables that I'm not sure, you know, how, how, as a coach, how do you prepare for things like this? Well, I mean, for me personally, I mean, I always kept the perspective of we're going to do it. We're going to, we're, we're going to, no matter what, we're going to find out how good we can be. I mean, that's the goal every year anyways, regardless of, of anything else, we're going to find out how good we can be each guy. And, you know, every day when we came in the room, that's where we kept the focus. That's where we kept the energy. Um, and, and just keeping it on a daily process, you know, coming in every day, having fun, learning. And that way, you know, we could, there's a lot of things we can't control. You know, we can't control what the NCAA is going to do. We can't, we, there's so many things out of our control that let's control what we can control. And that's our daily attitude. That's our daily effort. You know, our, our, our mindset and really kept the focus on that. And, and literally it was weekly because I mean, there's, about every week we would have a plan on, on Sunday or Monday of what we're going to do that week. And it would change, you know, based on numbers, based on what we can do and just being flexible and, and, but also like having gratitude that we're able to do what we're doing in the perspective. There's a lot of people out there that in our division that aren't competing, that aren't even getting to practice and we're grateful we are, you know? And so trying to live in the moment, really, you know, trying to live in the moment, I mean, you can't live in fear. You can't, you can't live in a what if world, you know, and we refuse to do that. We refuse to, to mentally go down the path that our national championships was going to get canceled. And so up until it really did, we, we, we trained and fought and planned that it was going to. And then when it, when it did get canceled, we just shifted on to what's next thing, you know? Absolutely. So how, how quickly did you start here? Because I know that when, when the NCAA came out and announced that, you know, no Division three winter championships at all, um, I think it was that same day or maybe it was the day after where USA Wrestling was like, hey, we're going to step up and find a solution, right? And then within a week, NWCA comes out and says, hey, we're going to do this thing. It's going to be right here in Iowa at the new Extreme Arena. I, I, how quickly did you start to realize that, hey, something is probably in the works here and these guys are going to be able to get to compete at, on a level like that? Well, I'll be honest, when it first popped up, my initial reaction was I, I wanted to make sure that we were going to be able to have teams to participate. And, you know, and I, and I mean that from this perspective, because every coach in the country was like, yes, yes, let's go. We, we got, but it wasn't, we found out 
pretty quickly, it's not up to us coaches what we want. You know, there's administrators, there's conference. I mean, because a lot of it at the conference level for some of these schools that can't come to this one, you know, it's not even their decision. And so I guess I, I really wanted to make sure that we could have it. And then when it was evident that we could, like there's going to be enough teams to participate, we shifted gears, you know. And um, But, it, it, you know, it's also like how, how amazing that, Yes, USA Wrestling stepped up right away, wanted to help. The NWCA, I mean, you saw what what's great about the wrestling community. And it's it's people willing to step up and help. And, you know, I from Mike Moyer at the NWCA, um, Dick Simmons, who's running the tournament down there, you know, and he's, he's ran several Division three and some D2 national tournaments at the U.S. Cellular Center in Cedar Rapids. But he only has a year to plan it. Where this year, I mean, it was literally, it's, it's a month. He's got a month to plan this thing all of a sudden, you know, or whatever. But it just shows you how much people care and, and how quickly, even, you, you know, Luke Jesus and his team down there at the arena and what they've done in this short amount of time to not just host the event, but to make this event a championship environment, a championship experience for these student-athletes, which is what they deserve. And, um, you know, even our our head athletic trainer, Ryan Callahan. I mean, they were having some, some issues trying to figure out the COVID testing and where they're going to go to testing and what they were going to do. And our, our head athletic trainer, Mike Moyer and him connected and he said, I'll do it. I'll, I'll head the whole thing up. And he's, he's doing all the testing. He donated some of the tests for the testing to go on. I mean, it's, but it just shows you, I mean, people that, that are willing to step up to the plate and, and with the big picture of, how do we give these student athletes the best opportunity and the best experience possible that they deserve? Because that's the key, man. They deserve this. Absolutely, yeah. I, I kind of like I mentioned earlier that you know last year it, it it probably made a little bit of sense why we decided to kill everything this year. Um, you know, I think their their exact reasoning was the lack of participation at the D three level, which I thought was really absurd because you know because a certain number of guys didn't compete. Let's punish those who are able and willing to compete. That that made absolutely zero sense to me. So I'm with you. Like I'm so so happy that these guys are going to get the opportunity to to compete, and you know everybody who can compete and, and is willing to you know do everything that they need to do to compete is going to be there. I mean it's it's not gonna it's not gonna be the NCAA D three national tournament but it is going to be a D3 national tournament. And I'm, I'm really excited for the guys, especially just after the last 12 months. Right. Absolutely. You know, and, and they, they needed this. I mean, they, they did, they needed this because, you know, emotionally, mentally, and you know, wrestling, man, I mean, it's not, this isn't just something for most of these guys. It's not just, just something they do on the side. They, they, they love it. They live it. I mean, it's a lifestyle. It's a passion. It's, for a lot of these guys, it's what they've done their whole entire life is for this opportunity. And then, you know, to have, to have it taken away, it, it, I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, two years, like if, if that was it, like our last, our last duel we had with North Central, if that would have just been it, I mean, how empty that would have left some of these guys, you know? And so this is, this is a fulfilling opportunity to go and compete against the best guys. And, and you know, it's, it's something these guys have trained for and dreamed of their entire lives. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the other thing I wanted to touch on with you, Coach, is that I know that I, it, it, it made me smile a little bit that you, you brought up the fact that they're not keeping a team score because I know that you guys were really excited about the team score aspect just with, with the team that you guys knew that you were taking into the postseason. And, um, you know, I think what everybody is seated in, in the top eight, I'm, I'm pretty sure, if not better than that. Yeah, going top into nine. Our, our, our 84th nine, but everybody else is, is, is uh, top, yeah, top eight, top top nine is everybody yep yeah i how how did the, i know that you guys were really excited about the um you know I, I remember just talking to a handful of people during that iowa state duel and i know you guys um you know didn't get a lot of time to practice maybe the way you wanted to and weren't in as good a shape as you were probably hoping to be in that point in time but <laughs> no we were not no, um, no we were not <laughs> but you know th- this team is really you know just kind of following you guys and the results throughout the year i mean this is this is a team that i know you guys were excited about and it seems like as the year went along they've, they've really started to round into form and you know just the 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 seeding at this tournament coming up really i think is kind of indicative of how excited you guys were because they had this potential to be very good how how did this team come together for you guys honestly and that's exactly what it's been i mean it's 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 literally been a week by week by week growth and development and process and it's been fun as a coach just because we've we've literally been able to see them develop every week and it's just guys buying in. I mean, they were they were bought in. They 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 ultimately want to find out how good they were they could be, and that's what we talked about at the beginning of the year. With all this unknown, we're like, let's just find out how good we can be. Let's just let's just go into this thing and let's just have fun and find out how good we can be. And they really embraced that, and that's what they did. I mean, in every week we just continued to grow and get better. And um, again, it, I, I just it, I go back to just their maturity and and their resiliency and, and being able to just focus on that and not block out all the outside things, you know, block out all the potential. Cause believe me, there's a lot of talk. I mean, all these, all these, there's so much talk around where you have it. Well, I mean, all year long, there was people asking them and people, you know, and they, they had the ability to just focus on, let's just, let's just find out how good we can be and kept it, kept it at that. And, and I think that's had a, that's been a big part of why they've continued just to, grow and get better and and continue i mean literally daily i mean they just keep getting better every single day absolutely who who on this team um you know because i know you guys have you got a lot of really talented wrestlers on this team from top to bottom who on this team has maybe surprised you the most or impressed you the most as the season has unfolded like who who has made the most gains you feel like or, or who is somebody that's maybe you know hey i wasn't fully expecting what he was able to do this season and you know by golly he did it i mean who who has been the surprise kind of of this year's team you think well i mean i think watching this from the, the very beginning when he first it's in motor when he first got here, um, just watching his growth and his passion for wrestling and his love for wrestling and, and um, I mean I think he's a guy that just you could I mean you could really see it you could see it just him getting better and getting better and getting better and um, that guy's been a, he's been such a great addition to this program and I nicknamed him the Silent Assassin just because. He's a guy that doesn't say a word. I mean, he comes in every day and works his butt off. I mean, does absolutely anything and everything you ask him to do. And ultimately, I mean, he kind of encompasses what I was talking about. Hey, let's find out how good we can be. That's been him all year long. I mean, just wanting more knowledge, wanting to grow, wanting to learn, wanting to get better. Um, Not afraid to ask questions. Um, I mean, just just a kid that mindset-wise wants to find out how good he can be. And 
he uh he's been he's been a real real pleasant man i mean it's been i knew the guy had had ability but just watching him develop this year has been it's been awesome absolutely absolutely the uh the, the national championship coming up it start it's friday saturday um, you know, I think I'm, I'm only, I, I got called for state basketball duty on Friday, unfortunately, but I will be out there on Saturday. Um, you know, nice, I was, nice. I was really excited to watch last year's in Cedar Rapids. And I just, I remember sitting, I forgot where I was on the Thursday where everything got canceled. And I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like the one year I finally get to go watch D threes. Cause I, you know, <laughs> we're so wrapped up in high schools and, and D ones that, you know, like the one year that NAIs was in Des Moines, I was finally able to go see that one. And you know, whenever D twos comes back, I really want to put that on my schedule. So I was really that you know d3s was in cedar rapids and you know so i was just as bummed as everybody when the ncaa was just like yeah we're not doing it this year and then i was just as excited when the nwca was just like yeah you know we're, we're gonna figure out how to do this um so i i know that most of the excitement and a lot of the fun happens on day one but day two I, i'm really excited to kind of watch that and um obviously see the finals and um you know i'm anticipating a lot of your guys um, to still probably be rustling on day two, um, perhaps even into Saturday night. I mean, I, I know you, you, you mentioned that the, you know, the expectation is to just find out how good they can be. Um, but you know, what, what would, um, mark a, a successful weekend you think for your guys? I think all these guys just rest on their full potential, you know, and, and that's, that's all we ever ask them to do, you know, is, is, is just wrestle at your highest God given potential and fight the whole time. They do that, I'm happy when they walk off the mat, no matter what, you know, and that's that's our level of expectation, and that's also how we measure success. And they do that, we're going to have a fun weekend. Big thanks again to Coach Keller for making the time today to chat with me. I seriously can't wait for this weekend's Division Three championships, you guys. I was upset when they weren't able to wrestle them last year. I try to get to some of these smaller tournaments when my schedule allows, um, you know, or if it's within you know a reasonable driving distance. Uh, when the NAIA National Tournament was in Des Moines a few years ago, um, I was able to go and watch Grandview put up like a 219 points that weekend. But it was also the first time I was able to watch NAIA wrestling, like the best of NAIA wrestling. That was a lot of fun, um, and I was amped to finally watch the D3 tournament last season. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, COVID-19 had other plans, um, so I'm only going to be able to get there Saturday this weekend, but I'm excited to see the finals and the All-Americans take the floor that day. It should be an exceptional weekend of wrestling. Don't forget, D2 National Tournament's also going on, and the NAIA Women's National Championships are going on as well. We got Grandview up there, William Penn, Waldorf, lots of Iowa ties up there. Um, your boy's going to have coverage. I'm going to have tweets. Be sure to follow along, um, and if you guys know of anything or see anything that piques your interest, let me know. Always love hearing what you guys think and what you guys guys are seeing and hearing and feeling um, and things like that. So that's all we've got today, you guys. Pretty long show, but thanks a bunch for listening. Be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your shows. Follow your boy on Twitter at Cody Goodwin, Instagram Cody J. Goodwin, and also be sure to subscribe to the Des Moines Register to catch all my stories, mailbags, analysis, videos. You can find links to do all of that, as well as stories from the past week in the show notes. That's it for this episode. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon. 